pageantry, the excitement, the magnificence. You hear that? That's the sound of grapes. Tonight, for these WWE superstars here in Dallas, there is a Texas-sized helping up for grabs. If they can find it. You see, greatness can be hard to track down. It's pretty elusive. Even more exclusive. Just look at the ones who have been able to catch it. Still WrestleMania, you've done something special. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. The boyhood dream has come true. The greatest streak of all time. Oh my God, here we go. Nobody said it was easy. truth is there is no roadmap to greatness the great ones sometimes get lost and instead of finding their way out they gotta fight their way out take your fear take your caution and toss it out the window so bring on the fight the big time fight the open a can fight the baddest woman on the planet fight brace yourself you're gonna be in for one hell of a night And that's just tonight. This is going to be good. I am fired up. So let's go catch some greatness. Welcome to the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. It doesn't get any bigger than this. Welcome to WrestleMania. I'm looking at you, WrestleMania Saturday. Welcome back to part two of the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend. I am, of course, the main event player, the Super Sea Kid himself, former Taurus, coming back at you. The God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. And as always, this episode is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards, and also sponsored by my good friends at Emo Night, and also the 1911 Tavern in Corpus Christi, Texas. Now, Part one was all about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, NXT stand and deliver, and several of the biggest wrestling events that took place around the Dallas area. But now it's time for the nitty gritty. It's time for the two night event that took place this past weekend, and I'm talking about WrestleMania Night One and WrestleMania Night Two. But we're going to start part two with WrestleMania Night One. And it all begins over at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. We had the whole thing with the, um, I guess what, the national anthem or the, well, the, well, okay, well, what do they call it? It's, it? it's no longer the national anthem. Well, it, well, technically it is the national anthem, yes, but it's, it's, now it's called what, the America, the beautiful song, they want to go with that. So it's all pretty cool and everything else like that, so... 
tremendous, digged it and everything else like that. And then they ta- they went ahead and did the whole, you know, intro, like what you just heard from right there at the beginning of the show, you know, listening to how it went down. Mark Wahlberg was, of course, the guy that pretty much opened up night one and everything. It was pretty stupendous, if you will. And then after that, you know, we uh, we came right into the show and everything else like that. Uh, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders came out, and while it wasn't for, you know, everyone else's cup of tea, this was pretty much good for me in every way possible, especially when the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders come out. So, we are going to continue the WrestleMania weekend. We're going to start with night one of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. When we return, we're going to get into all the exclusives right here on the Main Event Talk podcast on each of the matches that took place, including the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, and, of course, the confrontation between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens that took place as well, and who is the man that took on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. You will all find out on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, night two of WrestleMania on the weekend of WrestleMania when the Main Event Talk returns.
we begin the night, um, we, we started off having the, um, I think it was the, um, trying to remember what the man's name was, uh, somebody started the national anthem, which, it's a country singer, don't care, you know, just wanted to get this out of the way, right, and we start off with the tag team championship match, the SmackDown tag team titles were at the beginning of the match, now, the reports that I had gotten was that Nakamura and Boogs were going to walk away with tag team titles, but that wasn't the case. Now, the thing that I heard was, now, it would have been possible for them to walk away with the tag team titles and not the Usos, but I made the prediction that the Usos should walk away with the tag team titles, and that's the way it should be, but I guess the reports, um, I guess things change, especially when an injury is involved. So, Boogs had did a move where he lifted one of the Usos up, and then there was a point where eventually both Usos were going to get involved and were going to get lifted up, but apparently something happened. Uh, Boogs' leg had went down buckled, if you will, and caused him to be out of the match at the time. So, Shinsuke had to come in and fulfill in the match and did what he had to do, and my first thought was it would be a huge surprise if somehow Boogs were to, uh, somehow Nakamura and Boogs were to walk away with the tag team titles, which I didn't think it would happen. My, my, my reason for it from the, from the WrestleMania Prime show was that I was going to see the Usos walk away with the tag team titles because you still need to have a legitimate tag team to walk away with the tag team titles. And the Usos, who have been a part of WrestleMania before and who have walked away with tag team goal before, are very experienced. So for the Usos to walk away with the tag team, tag team titles was the right call. So, and I think what I originally heard, at least what I originally heard from... Uh, from several of my multiple sources were that Nakamura and Boogs were actually going to walk away with the tag team titles. That's the thing that I heard. And I didn't think that was highly possible, but then again, with WWE, anything is possible. So I think this was the right call. I think the Usos walking away with the tag team titles was a better, was a better move. It was a better call. I, I couldn't see it any other way at any way possible. I think Deuce's winning the tag team titles were was the right call. And hopefully uh Boogs uh hopefully his injury is not too bad. Hopefully it's not too severe. And maybe they'll and the things I've also heard was a possible rematch between these tag teams and I think it will happen at WrestleMania Backlash. So Deuce's retained the tag team titles at WrestleMania, good job for them, and I feel sorry for Boogs, and I hope that uh, he recovers his leg, and I hope everything's uh, good, and um, Boogs and Nakamura did an extremely good job at WrestleMania, you know, so they couldn't walk away with tag team titles, so that's okay, so uh, I'm happy, sorry, I'm happy that the SmackDown tag team titles are still 
around the ways of the Usos. And hopefully, like I said earlier, um, we may see Boogs and Shinsuke get the titles at WrestleMania Backlash. Or we'll see the Usos retain it. But nonetheless, your winner and still tag team champions, SmackDown tag team champions, Jimmy and Jay, the Usos. So let's get into the other matchup here. Uh, Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin. Um, this matchup lasted, uh, it says here, about 8 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, it really wasn't much of a match. I mean, we kind of knew how the end results were going to be. It was going to end up Drew McIntyre uh, beating Happy Corbin, which it happened. It took place. Um, uh, Happy Corbin tried to put the end of days on Drew McIntyre, and it's also dearly noted that Happy Corbin has always hit the end of days, but no one has kicked out of that move. Nobody until that WrestleMania, and that was really like like the, the starting point right there, and I didn't think about it because I, you know, I could have swore somebody did kick out of it, but I guess I was wrong, but man, he he kicked out of it, Drew McIntyre did what he did, won the match, and that was about it. And then there was this one part of the match where, um, and, and, and I'm hoping somebody can give me an analogy, um, where at the end of the match, uh, Drew McIntyre's in the ring right there with the, with his sword in hand, you know, just doing what he does and everything else like that. And then here comes, um, Madcap Moss, or Moshpit Jones, if you will, how Jim Cornette says it, coming in, and I'm thinking that, oh, well, he's going to come in and try to uh, pretty much ruin uh, the celebration of uh, Drew McIntyre, and then all of a sudden, as soon as he's, he's about to step into the ring, Drew McIntyre takes a sword and points it right at him, and he kind of already felt like he was coming, right? So then comes the part where... He's up on the apron, face-to-face with Drew McIntyre, with a sword in his fucking hand. And and my first thought is, oh my God, he better not cut the ropes. He better not cut the ropes. He better at least just, you know, pretend like it is. And, and then sure enough, all of a sudden, he raises the sword up high. Uh, Drew McIntyre got, has the sword up high, and then... Uh, um, I was about to call him Mosh Pit Jones. Uh, Madcap went ahead and just you know, took off, like, pretty much got out of the way, and then all of a sudden, he cut both of the ropes in the match. And I was like, really? And he, he literally cut that rope, cut two ropes, just like that, right? Just like that. In my head is, um, wait a minute, uh, okay, so WrestleMania is officially over now? And everything, and and once we saw those ropes cut off, I was like, "Dude, really? Are you serious?" The bottom rope was the only thing that wasn't cut off. Just the two ropes itself, you know, had to get cut off. And and, and I was hearing from I haven't heard any sources yet, but you know how thick the ropes are. You know, th- those are some steel cables around the uh, around the deal and everything. And my guess is it. Uh, you know, they I heard it was rubber. I honestly I don't believe that. Because that is a real sword, from what I... That is a real sword, and it's made of titanium, from what I understand. Unless I'm, unless I'm hearing something else about that whole shit, I think... I don't think the sword could cut those ropes, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me. 
it wouldn't surprise me at all, but man, that was just incredible how that went down and everything. You know, seeing seeing that happen, those ropes cut in half like that, and I'm just like, eesh, what what can you expect? What what can you do? So I guess, and uh, this is the part where even though the match was over, I guess they had about 10 minutes or some time to go ahead and try to put the ropes back in there. So it was uh, it was pretty great to see that. So Drew McIntyre wins his match over Happy Corbin. So now no doubt this means that Drew McIntyre is uh, pretty much ended his feud with Happy Corbin unless they have another match down the road, but we'll see what happens. So Drew McIntyre wins over Happy Corbin at WrestleMania 38. This next match was, um, this was the talk. One of, uh, one of many talks of WrestleMania Night 1. The Miz and Logan Paul taking on Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Now, one of the things I got earlier, um, as I was, um, you know, getting ready, um, they showed a picture and they introduced it to me, uh, right before WrestleMania took place. Logan Paul had came out in some outfit that he wore, right? Some outfit that he wore, uh, that's supposed to resemble, uh, Cyrax from, uh, or, or Scorpion from, uh, Mortal Kombat, right? And then there was this, um, this, uh, in the, in the match, when you see him walk down, both of them came out wearing, you know, yellow and black, right? And I saw that. First thing that came to my head when I saw yellow and black is, oh my God, it's the return of the killer bees. That's what came to my head. And I saw that. It's like, holy fucking crap. And Logan Paul comes in, not only wearing the outfit and everything else like that, but he's also... He's wearing this this card around his neck, right? It's a Pokemon card, right? Now, a Pokemon card that's worth, if I've heard this correctly, I may be I may be wrong, a card that's worth about somewhere around the range of five point eight million dollars. That much for a Pokemon card, really? Are you fucking serious? Are you out of your damn mind? Oh my god. And, and and when I heard about that, I was like, dude, are you serious? And then Rey Mysterio comes out, you know, with um, Dominic Mysterio. Kind of paying a tribute to Eddie Guerrero, because when I saw Dominic come out in the match, um, I saw what he was wearing, and my first thought was I was thinking of Eddie Guerrero. I, w- I was thinking about, you know, Eddie from years ago when he wore uh, when he wore something similar like that uh, years and years ago. I think it was like around 94, 95, I think. A long time ago. But anyways, the match was uh, pretty incredible. I was um, waiting to see what Logan Paul does. And some of the tricks of the trade here, uh, Logan Paul would be the one, and I'll, and I'll call it like I see it. Logan Paul would be the one to st- steal the show at WrestleMania. In this match anyway. You know, because he did extremely well for himself. Not just someone that can... Well, he can box. I mean, he's not the greatest boxer in the world, but he knows how to box. But he also does know how to wrestle now. And and it kind of does show right here at WrestleMania. He did extremely well in the ring against the Mysterios. It was incredible. And it was almost as if... And I, I wouldn't see it coming till later on, but... 
Logan Paul proved that he can do something extremely well for himself at WrestleMania, and I'm hopeful. Hopefully, and I'm and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful this will happen. Maybe SummerSlam. Maybe SummerSlam down the road. We'll see Logan Paul in the ring. But it, this is an incredible match. The only thing that was sad was there was this one part to the match. And I don't know how in the world this happened. So Logan Paul, he does what he does, right? He hits the uh, he hits the three amigos, you know, as as a disrespect to Eddie Guerrero, and then hits the splash, and then does the whole does the whole Eddie Guerrero, you know, shimmy and everything, and then hits the frog splash, and there was this one part where both Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio were about to hit the six one nine, right on. Um, Logan Paul, and then there was this one part I saw, it was kind of a short clip but there was one where it looked like the Miz tagged Logan Paul before the 619 got hit, right? And I was trying to analyze this because like, okay how do you tag from that far away, and was he touching the tag rope? You know, and, and, and did the referee see it? I guess the referee did see it because the next part that did happen was as soon as Logan Paul got hit with a 619, I think it was Rey Mysterio who went right up the top rope. And I believe, no, no, I'm sorry. It was Dominic Mysterio who went on top and then crashed down upon Logan Paul. The Miz went ahead and picked up Rey Mysterio and crashed, you know, pretty much slammed him right on top of uh, Dominic Mysterio and then took advantage of a situation. Logan Paul covers, I think it was Rey Mysterio, or I believe it was Dominic, I think it could be wrong, and then wins the match. That was it. So, in his debut, Logan Paul wins the match. Logan Paul and The Miz both win the match, right? And the next thing that happened, which was, it was kind of a surprise, but I was kind of like, okay, I think I kind of know where this is going. So, The Miz goes ahead, does what he does, Hits the skull crushing finale on Logan Paul, and then before you know it, that was it. And I was like, really? And you know, Miz being Miz, Miz being the Miz, being a little fucking bitch just because Logan Paul is a bigger celebrity than the Miz will ever be, you know. And Logan Paul did what he did, and everything, and that that was it. So. If you think about this extremely close, Logan Paul pretty much stole the WrestleMania Thunder away from The Miz. Even though Miz clearly had an advantage in the match, it was Logan Paul who won the match. So, this was insane. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to think about it. I mean, look, I was glad that Logan Paul did what he did. I wish the Mysterios would have won the match and not Logan Paul The Miz. But it is what it is, and now, unfortunately... The Miz is going to be in serious trouble with with the Pauls, but we'll see how it goes down. I mean, Jake Paul was in attendance when all that went down, so are we going to see a match with The Miz versus Logan Paul somewhere down the road? Possible. Maybe it'll take place at SummerSlam. Who knows? But um, this this was a good it was a good match. It was a good match in many ways possible, and I think Logan Paul did extremely well. Uh, extremely well for himself in this match so uh big congratulations to logan paul don't give a shit about the miz and that was it so um <laughs> this was incredible to watch and and uh, a, a lot of people have already been praising what logan paul has done 
in the ring, and maybe we can see a little bit more of Logan Paul in the future. So, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens if Logan Paul chooses to come back at WrestleMania and compete in the match. And if it, and if it is against the Miz, it's fine as long as he beats his ass right down the middle. And and if he lays a punch on him and knocks him out, I would appreciate it. I would appreciate that a whole lot. So we begin with the um, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Raw Women's Championship. Both of them had grand entrances. Uh, both of them did extremely well. I thought the match was extremely well. Um, I I made the prediction. I knew exactly how it was going to go down, but I was a bit I was a bit concerned because I didn't know how this was going to end. I was thinking either it's going to end with with Bianca Belair winning the championship or it's going to end with Becky Lynch walking away with the championship. And I think Becky winning the championship would be very bad in most ways. I mean, it would still be good just because it's Becky Lynch. But also I think there needs to be a time where she needs to lose it. It needs to happen. This is a perfect moment. This matchup was back and forth. Um... Bianca Belair looked tremendous. I liked the entrance that she pulled off. Uh, Becky looked like a star. In every stretch of the imagination, this match had lasted longer than expected. And it was an incredible match. It was extremely incredible. We were pretty much on the edge of our seats because we weren't sure. We weren't sure. The first few times that these two went off against each other, the first time was at SummerSlam and ended up in in the 26, uh, 26 uh, second caliber. The second match lasted longer, but had, had no, no ending, you know, had, had nothing to gain on this one. And then when they had their next match, there was some controversy involved. So, you know, aside from all that, every time when Becky was going to try to have a match with, um, or actually Bianca was going to try to have a match with Becky Lynch, Becky had always thrown something at her every single time. And we would notice that throughout, you know, the past couple of months. So now we build up to this story. And this is a, a great story. It, 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 it first started with, you know, Becky Lynch coming back at SummerSlam and wanting to get her hands on the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Bianca Belair was set to take on Sasha Banks, and we end up getting Becky Lynch, the man, and then the rest was history. 26 seconds, and then all of a sudden, she um, gains a championship back and gets it from Bianca Belair. So now, here we are a few months later. They have an incredible match at WrestleMania. It was everything you expected and more, and it ended up Bianca Belair winning. Bianca got her redemption, and for the first time, she would end up in a match at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. She wins the she wins the uh, Raw uh, SmackDown Women's Championship at last year's WrestleMania, and then this year's WrestleMania, she ends up winning the Raw Women's Championship back to back for the very first time. So when you think about this, extremely close. I think, and you know, my memory serves me correctly, I think Bianca Bel- <coughs> I think Bianca Belair is undefeated 
at WrestleMania as far as those two matches go. Will we see a rematch between these two? Um, I'm kind of hoping so. I don't know if it'll be the next pay-per-view or if Becky will take some time away. I think what needs to happen is I think Becky just needs to take some time away from the spotlight for a while and then come back until maybe Money in the Bank. I mean, it would be it would be better for her that way and and leave leave the championship open to some other contenders that may want to go after Bianca Belair somewhere down the road. But other than that, this this match between these two was epic. It was tremendous. I loved it. It was definitely one of the better matches that I've seen in um, night one of WrestleMania.
have got chills from undesirable to undeniable. The prodigal son has returned. Six years away from the WWE. Now he's back. Right now, high above the clouds, a certain son of a plumber is grinning from ear to ear. Second generation athlete, one of the richest in-ring IQs in our industry, a perhaps on the verge of turning Seth Rollins' WrestleMania moment into a nightmare. was the anticipation this was what i and everybody else was looking forward to checking out uh we all had our speculations we all had our thoughts we all were we weren't sure exactly i mean we all wanted to know exactly who his opponent was going to be uh seth rollins was going to come in to wrestlemania to face a virtual unknown several names that came to mind undertaker's name it came to mind shane mcmahon came to mind bray white came to mind uh, there were several names that popped up, but the biggest name of them all was obvious, and it's uh, the biggest obvious of them all was Cody Rhodes. But it's always one of those things where you, you don't want to, you know, even though that's who you really want to go for, this is the part where I think, you know, you, you want to leave that for last, but you want to leave someone else, you know, to come in just in case if it didn't happen. So sure enough, you know, we um, were anticipating Seth Rollins came in and did what he did, and um, as soon as that, <coughs> as soon as that happened, the next thing that happened was, as soon as Seth Rollins had took off his um, his coat, his jacket, if you will, and as soon as he threw it out, then all of a sudden the pyro went off, everything went off, and um, before you know it, everything started turning black, and then once we heard the music, then that was it. Now, there, there's also something we need to clarify, and, and we want to go ahead and get this out of the way before we get into the match. Everybody was under the assumption that Cody Rhodes's song, the song uh, that, that you hear, is an AEW song. But in reality, and I had pointed this out to several people, it's not an AEW song. I don't think it's ever been an AEW song. Because when you think about this extremely close, that song has been out for a very long time. That song has been around even before AEW's existence came into play. So why, pe why people 
want to go ahead and insist that it's an AEW song is is crazy considering the fact that it's not an AEW song. Cody does own the rights to the song, and it's also being done and written by a band called uh, Downstraight. So that's also another clarification that we need to get out of the way. So it's not really an AEW song. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Now, it does work. It does work in that way because everyone's in... Like, once you heard the song, everybody knew right away that it's a, it's an AEW song coming out of the... Um, coming out of the uh, AEW and then showing up at WrestleMania, which, uh, which sounded good. I mean, and then all of a sudden they see the entrance and it's classic Cody Rhodes. And I see it that way because, you know, when you see the the entrance of how they do it over in AEW, this is exactly how the entrance looks over in the, uh, you know, WrestleMania. But it will look good. It looked extremely good. Cody looks uh, fantastic. I mean, he still has the same tattoos, uh, same blonde hair. I wasn't sure how Cody was going to come out. This was the, one of those things that we were all wondering, okay, how's this going to work? How will Cody come out? Cody comes out just how he is, the American Nightmare. Uh, I see the symbol that shows up, and it's just, like, incredible when you see all this. And seeing the American Nightmare come out, and and it's great. It is fantastic. It was just incredible how the match went went down. So watching this matchup clearly, um, it was it was a battle of two superstars, a battle of two stars, one who is the son of the plumber, the son of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And the other who is the pupil of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Because, as you remember quite well, if you remember the days of NXT, uh, Seth Rollins, who won the first ever NXT championship, Dusty Rhodes was there when it all took place for Seth Rollins. So, uh, Dusty Rhodes saw future in Seth Rollins. Um, And this is not the first time that these two have competed. But this is the first time that these two have competed at WrestleMania. Now, if you remember years ago, I, 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 I'm dating back to, I think it's 2000, um, I'm thinking it's 14 or 15, uh, I think it's 13 to be exact, where you had the members of the Shield take on the members of the Rhodes family. And I still remember some of those battles with Seth Rollins and uh, Cody Rhodes around that time. But now this is a whole different era. You know, we, we date back to this was from 2013. I think that was a date. And now we're in 2022. That was over, I think that was, what, eight years later that that took place. This is a completely different Seth Rollins, a completely different Cody Rhodes that you know. And this was an incredible match to watch. It was two great wrestlers, two very young athletes going at it two very established superstars that came in and competed at WrestleMania uh, in Dallas, Texas. And it was incredible to watch, you know, watching all this uh, as it happened. Uh, We were all watching this outside. My brother, uh, some of his friends, uh, me and Roman, were checking it out as well. Uh, It was, you know, just incredible. Having a Pantera beer while all this was taking place. So this was uh, extremely well. And you couldn't see... A more even match in this night, and this was gonna this was gonna steal the show, definitely. 
this was definitely going to steal a show at WrestleMania, not just because it's these two individuals, but the fact that you have Cody Rhodes, who, who had left AEW and showed up here in the WWE, and it, it was incredible to watch. So I'm kind of, you know, as I'm recording this, I'm watching this matchup as it's happening right now. Um, seeing Cody, you know, put a body slam right there on um, Seth Rollins, a clothesline, sending him right to the outside. And Cody looks fantastic in this match. It was just so, it, it's just so surreal looking at this and everything. And it's cool. It's cool seeing this. And then I see Cody flying up and uh, going right into the ropes and, you know, doing a high cross right, right on Cody right there, right to the announce table. Man, this is just such a cool match to watch, you know, and still watch it. I've watched it. I've watched this match about maybe uh, four times, I think. This is the fifth time I'm seeing it today. And um, it's incredible. It's incredible watching this match. And, you know, and, and then uh, there's one part to the match, and I, I don't think uh, they might, he might have said it, he might have not said it, but I think it was Seth Rollins who came out and uh, and told Cody, uh, right to his face, saying, "Welcome, uh, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch." <laughs> and that was uh, that was truly funny, right there. So Cody, ooh, right here, I'm seeing Cody uh, put a high cross. Uh, looks like looks like a high cross body turned his back, uh, turned his back, and then did a cross body on Seth Rollins backwards, almost like a senton. He almost tried to do a Cody flip and everything else like that, or a Cody cutter, but didn't work out. But Man, this was crazy seeing how all that went down. So, <laughs> man, but this match was incredible. I'm not going to tell you about the whole whole match, about every, how everything went down, but I will tell you who, who won at the end of the matchup. Obviously, Cody Rhodes had to win this matchup because it was incredible. It was great to watch. Uh, I love how it went down. And, um, you know, where where do we go from here as far as Cody goes? Uh, you know, uh, you know, because this is the, this is going to be the biggest talk of uh, of WrestleMania. Seeing Cody come back, having a great match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and seeing where the future of Cody Rhodes now lies. W when we saw Cody last time, he was in AEW, right there. But in the WWE, when we last saw him, he was known as Stardust. And now we don't have to worry about the Stardust thing happening anymore. Now we're just going to go forward with uh, Cody Rhodes coming out as the American Nightmare. And and that'll be great. And uh, this is a great match. So, uh, you know, I recommend this to all of you guys. Get an opportunity to check out Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes, night one of WrestleMania. It is incredible. It is one of the most spectacular. This one was, like I said, it was one of those matches that really stole the show in this match right here. And as I'm watching this, I, I see him almost do like a, a version of a Falcon Arrow. Has him, has him, up, in, has him up in the suplex and kind of has him up in the air, twisted uh, twist up in the air, and then drops him down like it was a Falcon Arrow. And uh, they're showing a replay of it. Seth Rollins picks him up right up in the air, turns him, turns him just a little bit around, and then, ooh, almost like a, fa a Falcon Arrow-type suplex. Uh, this is incredible. So get a chance to check out Seth Rollins versus um, Cody Rhodes. Uh, night one of WrestleMania. I promise you, you guys will enjoy how this match went down. It was incredible. Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent. Oh, do we need to talk about who Mark thought the mystery guy was going to be? <laughs> Please do. 
Yeah, he goes, I had, the few, Undertaker. I had a few. Can I talk about it? Yeah, go for it. I said Undertaker because he said last night he put the hat and the coat on. He said, never say never. And I was like, here he goes. Because here's the thing. Fucking Brian and Uncle Dave and everybody else, they all got to spoil Cody Rhodes. This is what I've been talking about. Fucking Brian. And everybody, like, I want to watch a show and I want to be surprised by the cool. show. But fucking Brian and Uncle Dave got to go and be like, well, it's going to be Cody Rhodes. He's coming in. And then it spoils the whole thing for us. So I'm like, why would they actually send fucking Cody Rhodes out there when we all know it's going to be Cody Rhodes. Send somebody else out there. Send The Undertaker out there. Chokeslam, Tombstone, and we're out. And it's fun. Whatever. And I was like, maybe they'll send The Fiend. Who knows? That sounds stupid the enough. The Fiend. <laughs> you know, something dumb. <sighs> because you and Uncle Dave are always spoiling everything. Well, you know what? They uh, they darken the arena. And those fans... I said it was going to go bong. They bong. started chanting Cody's name. And they played it up, played it up, played it up. And then, sure as shit, there's only one royal family. They hit his AEW music. This fucking building lost their shit. They went fucking crazy for Cody. This guy comes out, and man, holy smokes... Oh, they're going to screw up Cody. Oh, he's going to be chasing the 24-7 title by the end of the year. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe. They had a they had a WrestleMania-level epic sort of match. You know, the old Triple H kind of matches you used to see. It was a very much a Triple H match. Yep, and uh, he ultimately got the win. Vinny could talk about the match. But, man, he hit that crossroads, and this place went crazy, and they loved them some Cody Rhodes. Holy smokes. It was all really amazing. So Seth comes out, and everyone knows what's going to happen next. And they make him wait. And they make him wait. And they make him wait. And even Seth is like, don't make me wait! And then the lights go out. And they make him wait. And they make him wait. And they make him wait. And finally, it is, it's just... I, I, I don't know if Cody like designed this music to work this way. But it's in a dead silent building with everyone desperately waiting to hear what happens. And you just hear his own voice softly say, wrestling has more than one royal family. And the place explodes. Dude, they exploded. And he slowly rises up from the uh, from the stage, and he's turning aside. You can see the tattoo and make it very... I thought that you can do anything with a tattoo, but make it abundantly clear. It's AEW Cody Rhodes. He's got the same gear. He's got the same music. It's... it's Same tat? Same, same tat. It didn't cover it up. Didn't wear, <laughs> didn't wear a scarf. Turtleneck. But, uh, yeah, turtleneck. Like the shield when they came out the first time. He just came out. And the thing about it was, it was such... The crowd was so happy to see him. They were so energized. They wore themselves out. They were spent before the match even started. So for the first 10 or 15 minutes, these guys weren't doing a ton. They weren't doing nothing, but they weren't doing a ton. And the crowd was... They needed time to recover. They needed time to recover from the entrance. So it is a good thing this match went close to a half hour. Because the second half of it was super intense and very, very good. So... Cody was doing stardust spots. Are we going to that? <laughs> Seth they popped big for that car wheel. <laughs> they did. He did. Seth, I don't know if I, I may be the only person who noticed this, but he did the uh, reverse superplex or the inverted superplex, I guess, and rolled it through and hit Goldust's curtain call yeah. for a two count. So they kept uh, both guys were going for pedigrees all the time. And I was actually, I was certain that Cody was going to hit one and win. Uh, but what actually happened was eventually Cody finally hit a crossroads. 
a second crossroads, tease a third one, but let him go to hit the dusty roads, flip, flop, and fly. And then finally, the third crossroads put him away. This was a very, very good wrestling match. Man, I, I'm just, I was, I've been bombarded today with people that are like, didn't people just hate Cody like a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever? I don't think people get what's going on here. These WWE fans, I mean, have you ever been on my timeline? They hate AEW. So the fact that this guy left AEW to come to, now he's a hero. Now he's their guy. He left them to come to us. So of course they went crazy for him. Of course they love him. I don't know what they'll do with him ultimately as far as like babyface or heel. But, I mean, they're going to, you know, he's a hero to these people right now. But, Brian, you told me that people who watch WWE don't know anything about AEW. Well, a lot so of them So how don't. did they react so favorably Well, a lot of them don't, but this is a his music. hardcore traveling crowd. Oh, there he is. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, that's what it is. Hardcores. <sighs> 53,000 hardcore fans paid tickets. 70,000. It was 70,000 people. Brian. No, it wasn't. You have to count the attendance and the people Don't that are working the, the, the stands. Jesus Christ. You guys ever seen, like, um... No, okay, do you guys watch SmackDown on uh, no. on Friday? Never. No. Okay, SmackDown was sold out, alright? They had a lot of 11,000 people in the building. Yes. Okay. So according to Mark... Yes. Okay. Take all of those people, mm -hmm. double that number. Yeah. That's how many people are selling popcorn. No, I didn't say they were the just selling popcorn. Attendance. There's a lot of people behind the scenes, Brian. You'd be very surprised. Get out of here. You'd be very, very surprised. Anyway, move on, Vinny.
So this is the match that I have been uh, waiting to see for a while now, uh, ever since the Royal Rumble. Um, we we all know the story about Ronda coming into the Royal Rumble, and we we all know that a, a lot of people still feel to this day that they want to see her against Becky Lynch, but I really don't want to see that match until the timing is right. And this is kind of the right call at this point. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. This is, you know, this was a good match. It was a good match with a little bit of a slip up. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, match was good. Uh, I dig the um, high offense from Ronda Rousey and... Uh, this was definitely a different match than what I expected. And this was, um, even though it wasn't exactly like, you know, Ronda was doing good in the match, but there were certain certain things that happened that uh, she made a mistake on. And, and, and it's okay because, you know, when you haven't been in the ring in quite a while, you know that, um, you know that you have to, you know, you're going to do good in certain aspects and then you're going to do bad in in certain aspects as well. So we can gear we can understand that about Rhonda. Now Charlotte Flair on the other hand, look, regardless of how anyone feels about her, she is still a tremendous performer, a tremendous competitor. She knows exactly what she has to do and she learned from the best. You know, any trick she does, I mean, any trick she does is mostly, you know, coming from her father and everything else like that because she's part of, you know, the whole family bloodline, especially when it comes to being a flair. So, this match, you know, Ronda did her best to try to counter flair, and then flair had tried everything in her power to make sure that Ronda was pretty much kept under control, which she did in the whole match. Now, the one part, and uh, I, I did see it, I know some people have asked me about this um uh, uh, some people have asked me about this a few days ago where there was a part in the match where Ronda was uh, about to get hit with a figure eight. And then there was this one part to the match where as soon as she hits the figure eight, Charlotte picks up, right? Picks her up. And I'm just, you know, looking at this and everything. But then things get censored. And I could hear the match, but everything went blank. I kept wondering what the hell was going on, and then then it occurred to me what happened. So I was watching the replay, <laughs> and I had to, to find out exactly what it was that I missed. So as soon as I saw the replay, I, I uh, well... <laughs> Uh, well, this is my main event talk podcast. I can go ahead and pretty much slip through what I saw. And what I saw was as soon as uh, Charlotte hit the figure eight and tried to pick it up and tried to find a way to make sure that Ronda taps out, there was this one part where I guess as, you know, I, I saw it just for a brief moment until they censored it. You can hear the commentators still talking and they covered that up on one part of the camera. And I guess uh, she exposed her part of her nipple area. <laughs> that's a, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, and, and, and I 
everybody was wondering the same thing, and I pretty much figured it out, and others others didn't figure it out yet until I pretty much explained to them later about what had transpired. So, Charles Robinson was um, involved in the match. Well, he wasn't involved in the match exactly, but uh, as soon as he got hit with a spear by Charlotte Flair... I think it was Charlotte. I think it was Ronda or something like that. But as soon as the, uh, as soon as Charles Robinson was taken out of the equation, Ronda had hit the arm bar and Charlotte had tapped out right away. And then all of a sudden, as soon as that happened, uh, Ronda Rousey was thinking that this is going to be over. It's going to be done. But it didn't happen. So, you know, little Nate, as, as they've been calling him, uh, Charles Robinson was... Um, taken out of the equation and then you know Charlotte Flair did exactly what she needed to do she took advantage of a situation uh took uh took out Ronda Rousey with a boot and then one two three and that was completely it now my prediction and other people's predictions were that Charlotte was going to lose the match to Ronda but after exploring the match Exploring the match completely, I realized that this had to be the right call for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Ronda needs a little bit more seasoning, you know? And not that she doesn't need any help in any way possible, but she does need to season up a little bit, you know, to kind of, you know, understand the flow and understand the things that Charlotte does. And is it the right call for Charlotte to become the champion? I I think so simply because I think we'll probably see Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania Backlash when the time is right. And you know, this this was a good match. It wasn't as good as it wasn't as good as the Raw Women's Championship match. It really wasn't like in that level cuz you know, that one was elevated to a high standard, you know, very good match. But this one was good in its own right. Charlotte led the match in any way that she can. Ronda tried as good as she could, but she could do better. She can definitely do better. So what I think will happen is, I think the next time when we see these two, it will be um, maybe somewhere. We'll we'll see a rematch, you know, maybe somewhere different, something that could be perfect in any way possible. Ronda can get this. Ronda can get this. I only wish that Ronda can have a couple of matches under her belt so that way she can get ready for Charlotte Flair in the next matchup pretty soon. But nonetheless, um, this match was, um, like I said before, it was not exactly the best match in the card, but it was uh, it was definitely good for what it is. It was good that Charlotte won it. And Ronda kind of got a learning experience out of the whole situation. And this would be her second loss at WrestleMania. Let's call it like we see it. The first match was at WrestleMania 34. And then the second match, you know, she won that match. And at WrestleMania 35, of course, that was the second match that she lost. She lost that match. She got pinned by, you know, Becky Lynch. And the crazy thing is, she got pinned by Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 35. She gets pinned by Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 38. So this is kind of one of those things where now... Both Becky and Charlotte can say that they got a pinfall over Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And that that 
kind of sucks in a lot of ways, but you know what what can you do about it at this point? But like I said before, these two are going to have a rematch somewhere down the road, and it may happen at WrestleMania Backlash. We don't know what the statistics will be, but we'll see what happens. But you're going to hear a lot of the criticisms. You're going to hear a lot of the stuff that you know Ronda you know didn't deserve to have the match or. Or, or Ronda did deserve to have the match, or she should have won in any way possible. I mean, that's kind of how it is. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with these two face off against each other soon at WrestleMania Backlash. It should be tremendous. It's my show. Take a seat. Okay, Steve, calm down. Take a seat. Let's just calm down. I'm not. I'm not here for a fight. I just want to have a nice chat. So if you, you could just uh, like I'm gonna sit down. There we go. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, welcome to the KO show. Thank you for accepting my invitation. I really appreciate it. You want to bring me out here for a conversation? After all the trash you've been talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and you sit there with that stupid haircut those stupid beady eyes and you look like a jackass I said he looks like a jackass and then you go on to run down the state of Texas the great state of Texas you stupid son of a bitch You know, I, um, I don't really know what's so great about it, Steve. Come on, man. Like, let, let's think about it here. The, in the summertime, it's hotter than hell. The land is flat and uninspiring, not like, say, Canada. And, and Steve, the people. Look, the people, they, they, they wear these stupid hats, these dumbass boots, these dumb belt buckles. Come on. Come on. You look out there, okay? You look out there. You can tell anybody out there that's texting just by how dumb they look, okay? Look, and it's okay. You guys can make it better. Take the hat off. Take the boots off. Move somewhere else. Steve, you know... I feel for you, man. If I had had to grow up here in Texas, I would have 
I would have moved away. Like, I would have moved to Mexico. It's right there. In about five seconds, you're going to have about 75,000 people calling you an asshole. like that. Don't be the stereotypical, rude, crass, impolite Texan. You, you can, you should be more like me. See, I'm a sophisticated, distinguished French Canadian. And um, as such, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move past the insults. I'm gonna be the bigger man because I actually have to let you in on a little secret. See, I, uh, I, I, I said I invited you on the KO show to have a talk, but, but I lied, okay? That was a lie. And I don't do that very often, but I do it when I have good reason. And, and see, I didn't need you to come out here and help me get the entire world talking about, about Kevin Owens and the KO show. I actually, I tricked you, Steve. Because I don't want to talk, I, I actually have you out here because even though I, uh, I have a bad back right now, I'm looking for a fight. See, I, I brought you out here to challenge you to a match. And I know, I know it's been 19 years since your last match and your knees were shot then, your back was shot then, your neck was shot back then. I'm sure your knees, your back, your neck are worse now than they ever were. But you're fine besides that, so you have no reason not to accept my challenge for a match. In fact, you know what? I don't want to challenge you to any, just any match. I am challenging you to a no-holds-barred match, right here, right now. Are you, uh... Man, you... You can't even talk right now, can you? And I know why. You can't talk. But I can see it in your eyes. I know why. I can, I can tell what you're thinking. You're looking at me right now, and you're telling yourself, I can't beat this guy. You're looking at me, and you're telling yourself, I can't beat this big, beautiful French-Canadian bastard, KO. And you know what, Steve? I think you're right. So why don't you do yourself a favor, and if you're not going to accept my challenge, stop embarrassing yourself. Get your little cooler of beer. 
get the hell out of my ring, get back on your little golf cart, and get your ass back to your stupid ranch. my first match right here in Dallas, Texas. I could have my last match right here in Dallas, Texas. If you want Stone Cold Steve Austin to compete in a match tonight against this sack of shit, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. Bring me down, I got ref. I think it's actually going to happen. It is going to happen. There is an official in the ring. You're about to see Stone Cold Steve Austin against Kevin Owens. 19 years in the making. There's the bell. Here we go. So while Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair would be considered the main event for the night... As far as night one goes, we had one more thing left. And rumors were speculating all over the place that the KO show was going to be on last for WrestleMania. So all beers were on deck at the house. <laughs> so we were getting ready to check out what is about to take place with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he comes out and he says what he says to Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens says what he has to say to Austin. And... You know, I, we weren't sure exactly how this was going to turn out. We really weren't. This was like one of those turning points where you're just like, man, how how did this, you know, how did this come about? And then all of a sudden they had their match. They had their match, you know, going up and down, doing the stuff that they did. And that was it. You know, they came out. Um, you know, fighting all over the place. Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing what he does and everything. And he looked good. He looked extremely good. For a man who's, he's what, uh, 50, what, 57, 56 years old? Man, he, he still looks good. Austin looks extremely good. And this was one of these things where it was incredible to see how that went down. 
I loved how this match went down. I was drinking some fuck. Uh, we were we were drinking. We had a shitload of fucking Budweisers and natural lights and a few Michela Ultras and a couple of those Pantera beers at the house. And it, it was incredible to watch. And we <laughs> we could not, you know, stop watching this match to see how it went down. And it was good, you know, fighting all over the place. You know, uh, they went up the ramp, uh, you know, driving Stone Cold's uh, goat cart and everything, or or what is it, the ATV? It's called ATV's coming up, and you know, doing suplexes on the stage. You know going right towards the crowd and everything it was incredible and and then seeing and seeing um stone cold get stunned and 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 uh, it's not often i get a chance to see stone cold get stunned and when that happens the only time that ever happened i think it was who uh was it austin or was no it was either no it was the rock right the rock has done it has stunned him several times before so it's nothing new so for that to happen at WrestleMania was incredible. And it was his last match. He got the stunner in. One, two, three. And that was it. It was over. And uh, it, it was it was not like the the, the catch-as-catch, the catch-as-catch can style of, of, of how professional wrestling is supposed to go. But it's stone cold. It's stone cold. And we... We all knew Austin was going to be in a fight with Kevin Owens. We all knew how this was going to go down. It turned out exactly how it was supposed to go down. And it was perfect. It was perfect for what it is. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. It was spectacular. It was great for what it is. And I just couldn't see it any other way but that. Stone Cold Steve Austin appearing at the show... Uh, calling him a lazy sack of shit and then you know having his fight having his match and then that was it and it was a great way to pretty much end Austin's wrestling career but as the old expression goes never say never is what the Undertaker has said so the question is are we going to see more Austin personally I, I hope we don't I I I I just wanted to end like this. It's not like we don't deserve Austin. It's just that I think we just need to see him for that one time at WrestleMania. And plus, having Stone Cold at WrestleMania, especially over in Dallas, Texas, makes a whole lot of sense. It works. It's perfect. And if that had to be the main event, hey, everybody was drinking along and you know having themselves a good time while all this went down. It was incredible. I couldn't think of a better way to end WrestleMania night one than having Stone Cold Steve Austin appear victorious with a beer in his hand, defeating Kevin Owens at WrestleMania.
in the lower abdominal area. Oh man, it's dick! Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast, part two of the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend. We hope you have enjoyed everything from the first matchup up and down and everything else like that. Uh, But before we end this, uh, I want to give you my quick critique of everything that went down at WrestleMania the first night. Um, The SmackDown Tag Team Championship was great, digged it. I'm sorry about what happened to Rick Boogs. I'm glad that this. Uh, I'm glad that the Usos are still the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That was tremendous. Uh, the next match was um, Drew McIntyre against uh, Happy Corbin. I'm glad Drew McIntyre beat the living shit out of Happy Corbin, and we move on. And he breaks the ropes at WrestleMania, ending WrestleMania for the entire night. At least we we think they ended. <laughs> Then came the next match with The Miz versus... The Miz and Logan Paul versus um, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Great tag team match. Uh, Logan Paul was definitely the talk of WrestleMania. And even though Logan won the match and it was good, The Miz didn't exactly like how that went down, if you know what I mean. And jealousy rears its ugly little head, if you will. (laughs) Uh, The SmackDown, or I'm sorry, the Raw Women's Championship matchup between Ronda Rousey, I'm sorry, the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch was an outstanding match. It was great. It was the, the right finish, the right call, the right way to go for Bianca Belair to win the championship. Her second time uh, pretty much headlining WrestleMania and her second time winning a championship at WrestleMania. So big congratulations go out to her. 
And then the big reveal. Seth Rollins walks into WrestleMania, and we were all wondering who it's going to be. It's gonna, is it going to be The Undertaker? Is it going to be Shane McMahon? Is it going to be Bray Wyatt? Is it going to be anyone? No. It ended up being an American nightmare for Seth Rollins when he took on Cody Rhodes, and it was just an incredible... It, it was an incredible... This was the best match of the card. With all due respect to the Raw Women's Championship match, it was good. But this was the match that took it all. Took it all in every way possible. Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Great match. I hope we see it again somewhere down the road. It was tremendous. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship matchup... Um, I'm Like I said, I was glad that Charlotte won. I'm glad she won it the way she did it. And uh, it looks like we're going to see a feud continuing on between these two somewhere down the road. Like I said, we could see these two, you know, take on against each other at Backlash, you know, WrestleMania Backlash for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And who knows what will take place at there. And then, of course, at the end of the night, K- the KO show began. He ran down Texas. He ran down Austin. Stone Cold ran down, did what he did. Had a match with him, open up one last can of whoop-ass on, on Kevin Owens, and that was it. So, this was a spectacular night one. This was, out, out of the two, I'll give you my final conclusion at, at part two on this episode of the Minivet Talk podcast. But this, this night was a tremendous night. I love how it went down. It was great. This was the best the best part of WrestleMania, having Cody Rhodes come back, seeing Bianca Belair walk away with the championship, and then seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin at the very end of the show, you couldn't you couldn't put it any better if you could, all right? Um, so it was it was spectacular. But guys, we are not over yet. It's not done by a long shot. Part one was about the Hall of Fame, about the NXT Stand and Deliver, and it was also about what took place. Uh, all the big events that took place around WrestleMania weekend. And part two was about night one of WrestleMania. Now, the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend continues because we're going to talk about night two or part, part three, if you will. Part three talks about night two of WrestleMania. We're going to talk everything about the Raw Tag Team Championship We're going to talk about Johnny Knoxville taking on Sami Zayn. Pat McAfee to take on Austin Theory. And then the match to end all matches. The winner-take-all championship match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Who walked out with the championships? I think most of you know who it is. But if you want to find out the results, all you got to do is listen to the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Part one is done. Part two is officially done. And now we're going to get ready for part three tomorrow, guys. So be ready. WrestleMania weekend, the aftermath is not over by a long shot. Pushing me to give in Do you really want
Shut 